I was walking up towards the black cat in DC when I saw the tall skinny black dude approaching. A man with long braided hair adorned in a somehow fashionable striped baseball jersey. I never considered baseball jerseys high fashion. Typically they make grown men look like high school aged dweebs. But the jersey looked good on this guy. It made him stand out. This all happens in a flash, mind you. Me walking towards the black cat on my way to interview Black Joe Lewis for this episode for your entertainment. <laughs> or at least for this time-killing, sponsor-free 30 to 35 minutes of your life. For this here, what you are listening to right now, at this moment. So I'm like a block away from my destination, pretty much on time, and the black cat isn't a cat, mind you. It's a club where Black Joe Lewis is set to perform with his blues funk outfit, the Honey Bears, in about two hours or so. And I'm walking towards this gentleman in what looks like an entourage of about two. And just as we cross paths, just as we take a step past each other, boom, my brain kicks in, synapses start going off, and I'm like, that was Black Joe Lewis. And I say was because he's gone now, he's behind me. And I'm not gonna turn around and tap dude on the shoulder and be like, Hey, Black Joe, my name is Ron, and I'm supposed to interview you now, and um, where are you going? <laughs> I'd never met Black Joe Lewis before today. I've never seen a video. I just know Black Joe Lewis from the music, from the blues. But 99% chance that was Black Joe Lewis that just walked past me. And imagine I called him Black Joe, and it wasn't the real Black Joe. And that guy knocks me out while the real Black Joe Lewis is waiting patiently inside the Black Cat for me to interview him. I know it's hard to follow, but this is what is going on in my brain. I've done 80-something of these, and I'm still figuring out how to handle society. And I, that's why I'm still doing it. It's a fucking adventure. So now I'm in front of the black cat because I'm not going to be the tap you on the shoulder guy. I'm the cool, I can wait for you to come back guy. And I'm calling the tour manager and I already know what's happened. He ditched me. Black Joe Lewis ditched me. Not on purpose. I never think that for a second. But he probably just sound checked. He's on the road, hours in the van. And the talk with the ball guy is probably not top of mind. And this is it. I accept it. I get it. This is doing the podcast remotely. Booty City was the name of the first song I ever heard from Black Joe Lewis and the Honey Bears. One of the funkier tunes from his 2011 album, Scandalous. I dig that album, I still do, and it was more than enough reason to want to talk to Joe about his career and what he's been up to since his Booty City days. But Joe is headed in the other direction, and he just left, and God knows where he went and when he'll be back, because his tour manager sure doesn't know. But hey, now I'm inside, I'm backstage at the Black Cat in this weird extra downstairs room by the garbage cans in an office. And there's nobody else in there except the crew and the staff. And this is taking me back. It's a kind of divey club. It has its divey charm and oh, I'm embracing it now. I'm just taking it all in like I'm gonna be here for a while. It's either abandoned ship or just breathe it all in. And the tour manager, this poor guy, this young kid, Andrew, He's being so cool, so apologetic, and I'm telling him, dude, it's fine. He's like, no, 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 I'm gonna call him. He calls Black Joe's phone, and we both hear it ring in the dressing room next door. <laughs> and I'm laughing, because okay, this is it. This is part of the adventure. And I'm learning at these things. I'm floating around the club. No one's really paying me any mind, so I'm just loitering and trespassing, and I go upstairs, and I'm watching the opening band line check. But the self-analyzing wheels start to roll. Why am I doing this? 
I want to be home watching Making a Murderer in my sweatpants with my dog. How long do I have to wait before I bail? But I'm learning to turn the brain off because situations like this are a test, right? So I stick it out and sooner or later, Black Joe reappears from behind the metal door. And he's humble and he's apologetic and now it's an icebreaker. It's a conversation piece. And it turns out like most touring musicians plowing through America, Joe was looking for some good cheap eats and who could blame him? After Black Joe and I hug it out, we cover a lot during our 15 minute power chat. Half-priced oysters, comic book guy, the off-air show, remember that? Homemade bongs, the Dallas Cowboys, and of course, life with the honey bears. Let's kick it off with Face in the Scene from Black Joe Lewis's new album, The Difference Between Me and You. Then my better late than never conversation with Black Joe Lewis right here on Independent Minded. Let's play the blues. It's
So let's let's recount what happened before this interview got started. I passed you on the way out of the Black Cat. I was going in, uh-huh. and you were going out. Oh, you see, you were coming in as we were leaving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should have said something. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. Is like I, in the moment, I'm like, I'm not going to be the guy that rains on your parade. You probably just finished with sound check. You want to chill. You want to get a nice oh, meal man. while you're in DC. Yeah, I, just, I just straight up spaced on it, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> So I didn't want to be that guy. So, but you're hard to you're hard to miss. You got the baseball jersey on now. You got oh uh, yeah yeah. You got a this is, is that a, personalized black Joe no, Louis attire the, or is that the Fort Worth Black Panthers like a Negro League team? I guess. Oh wow, who's number twenty four? I don't know. I you don't know. know. I, I just bought it. I'm sitting here with Black Joe Lewis. He's here at the Black Cat. I got here about an hour ago. Yeah. Where, where'd you go eat oysters? You said yeah, before yeah, we cracked yeah, the mic. Yeah, you gotta have price on the street. Half price oysters. You wanna, you want, oh, you want to plug them while we're here? No, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, whatever, man. If they give me some oysters for free, fuck it. You know, you got free oysters? No, I didn't. Yeah, it was half price. <laughs> yeah. How many did you eat? Twelve. All right, that's that's very traditional. I give you credit. Yeah. I want to verify some facts I read on the internet. It says you learned how to play guitar while you were working in a pawn shop in Austin. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm just, just killing time. I would just f- off on my time or my like, you know, on the did space. And it was just me and one other dude that worked there and we didn't we didn't like each other at all. Why not? And uh <laughs> but he was just a d- he was just like this really he's like really conservative and, and it was like the Bush Gore thing was going on. All right. So he'd always be talking about his politics and shit. I'd be like, dude, right. shut up. Yeah, he's like like a gun freak he was like in debt because he had like, a, like 80 guns or something like that he lived with his parents you know and i was telling people he he reminds me of the guy the comic book guy from uh the simpsons from the simpsons yeah except worst, with guns yeah he's like exactly the same ever. guy but with guns instead of comics <laughs> the exact same guy butt crack and everything like red hair he's a total loser and like where is that guy now is he on tour I don't know where I don't know probably, probably yeah. still working at that pawn shop so okay so you yeah. pick up a guitar you're self-taught yeah, at yeah. least at the very beginning, did you ever seek um, any sort of never had any lessons, training or lessons or anything? I just uh, just playing along with records and then friends, you know, like jamming with other people and just picking up stuff like that. Cool. Well, you've come but, a long way, obviously. Yeah. I always ask musicians who've been in the scene for a while, like, is is there a moment I can recount moments in my yeah. own musical history where I saw a band or went to a show and I'm like, man, I want to be the guy on the stage. Whenever I was learning how to play, I was listening to a lot of Elmore James, the Lightning Hopkins. I've always been into like, like seventies punk, you know, like what do they call proto punk or like Stooges and yeah, rocking from the tombs and stuff like that. I saw your tour manager yeah. had a band called Death uh, sticker on the back. Oh of his yeah, jacket. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, I don't know what he's. That's, he's got his thing going. <laughs> I like that shit too. That's good. I like hardcore music and stuff like that. I was also excited to talk to you because I did another podcast at my old gig in New York called The Off Air Show, and two of my coworkers were also really good friends of mine. They would, I was kind of like the musical sidekick on that show. And we did a feature where they would play like a song of the day, basic bitch stuff. This is a commercial radio station, top 40 radio station. So these guys had no musical taste whatsoever. They didn't get out of their comfort zone. And every once in a while, they'd ask me, what song do you want to play for the song of the day? And I'm the musician guy. I'm the indie guy. 
And I would always bring up amongst a couple of other bands just to f*** with them. Let's play some Black Joe Lewis and the Honey Bears. And they refused to play it. <laughs> what do you have to say to those guys? I don't know if they're going to listen to this or not, but <laughs> why, why, that why, podcast why doesn't they, exist they anymore. They didn't like this shit? Yeah, they have no, yeah, like I said, man. they have no I mean, taste. These on. I'm still out here. here. Yeah, I'm still out here doing my thing, man. Eventually, who knows, it might come a day where nobody wants to hear this no more, but it ain't happened yet. So No, no, absolutely. You know, they can keep doing what they're doing. Can we talk about the Honey Bears moniker? Your book tonight here at the Black Cat as Black Joe Lewis and the Honey Bears, but yeah. you've released albums just as Black Joe Lewis. Yeah. It's, I feel like the Honey Bears have been gone. They're back and they're gone <laughs> and they're back again. Like what, what's now up we, with that? So that whole thing was like confusing because we put the first gig under that name as a joke. And there was like this crusty ass uh, honey, you know, the honey bear yeah, yeah. thing. I got one on my desk in, at work. In a, yeah. yeah. And, uh, For my tea. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was in the rehearsal space and it was like sitting there like somebody like made a bong out of it or whatever. Oh, perfect. And we were like, oh, that's, what, not, that's not what mine's for. Yeah, it was. I mean, because we <laughs> share those rooms with a bunch of people. But uh, I think Bill was the one who said, oh, honey bears. And, 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 and he just stuck. That's a good and, idea to make a bong out of that. I never thought you of seen that. that. You've never seen I a gotta, true romance go. or whatever? <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah, Clarence. That's what Brad Pitt's smoking out of one. Is he? Yeah. When go he's on the some, couch. He says, get some cleaning products, right? He's the guy on the couch who just yeah, never yeah. gets up. Yeah. <laughs> I saw my five-year-old nephew in New York City this weekend, and I, and I told him I was interviewing Black Joe Lewis and the Honey Bears, and I said, if Joe wants to kind of mix it up a little, could you suggest some possible names? And he came up with the following. Let me know if you're down with any of these uh, Black Joe Lewis and the Stinky Feet, Black Joe Lewis and the Rocking Horse, which I think is actually pretty cool, mm. and Black Joe Lewis and the Poopy Pants. Remember, he's five, <laughs> so cut him some slack. I think the Rocking Horse was... Rock the Rocking horse. horse. On Twitter, you're like me. You post facts and not feelings. <laughs> you know, you started out in the biz when social wasn't what it was. Yeah. What are your feelings on that? The whole idea of like shamelessly self-promoting yourself yeah. first... Telling everybody how your day has I, I, been. I hate it, man. That like that. That's. I feel like so much of the industry now is based around social media and like the image that you can put forth on there. You can just go, you can go viral overnight and be huge. You know, yep. what I'm saying for a minute. And I'm not really good at that. Shit. You know, I'm 37. I didn't really grow up with that. So it's like, <laughs> I think it's silly. I get embarrassed about having to put be like, hey, look at me, look what I'm doing. I just think right. it's, you know, so self-aggrandizing like, stuff. Um, it's just such a big part. Like, like whenever I first started, it was you just kind of play the jams, play play your music, and people would kind of grab onto it if they liked what it sounded like. Whereas, like now, you gotta build your image up through the social media platforms, you know. And it's I think it's led to like a lot of like garbage coming out too, you know. Like especially like the hip hop scene, you know. You got all the what's that dude uh, with the with the rainbow teeth and all that, the face tat. Uh, oh, Lil Wayne. No, uh, uh, Lil Yanni. No, it's his name Takashi or something, Six Nine or something. I'm you know what? I'm glad I don't know. Yeah, it's Let's just, just it's just like a bunch way. of dumb. It's just like you know the dude like made an image for himself. I mean, I guess, I mean it's smart on their part, you know. Yeah, but the lack of integrity that goes with it, especially in the music world. I mean, yeah. it's more about presenting oh, a package. Again, you're talking to somebody who worked at the Bubblegum Factory for two decades. Yeah, and you see how things are fashioned, and it went from an old school model to this model. I mean, I'm sure a lot of bigger artists kind of have people who just handle their social networking accounts because they yeah. don't want to deal with it. But I feel like it takes away from the art. Like you have yeah. to dedicate, whether it's a little time or a lot of time, depending on how much you want to dive in mm -hmm. to self-promoting yeah. instead of working at your craft. You definitely back in the day, you're like, you got to hear something and be like, yeah, it's cool. You decide for yourself. And I feel like now it's just so much stuff people are waiting to be told 
you know, what, what they should pay attention to, what's in, what's not, instead of just being into what, what you like, you know? Well, God bless you for not taking it to that place. I noticed that one thing you did pontificate on, football. <laughs> Cowboys fan? Yeah. Would take it? Yeah. Yeah, what do you think? What are they like? I mean, they suck. <laughs> Aren't they tied for the they, uh, division they won, lead? They looked pretty good last week. I mean, I think until Jerry Jones is coming out of the picture, nothing's going to change. You want Jerry you know? Jones out, huh? They don't always like playing around their strengths and stuff like that. And it's like, I think that's like a coaching thing. And he's got a coach that's just going to do whatever he wants. Be kind of a yes man for him because that's what Jerry needs. And I think until that's done with, you're not going to get anybody in there who's actually going to run the team how it needs to be, you know? What is it about the Cowboys that make you across that line on social where you need to? Oh, this is easy. Post shit about them. you know. <laughs> I used to freak out like watching the games a lot more back in the days. So I just go on there and just like vent and be like, "This fucking sucks." And then it just kind of took off, and people were like, "Oh man, this page is hilarious when there's football going on." And I was just writing stuff, complaining about the game. Right. Well, that's what Twitter's for. Off, it was about you know? complaining, pretty much, yeah, yeah. right? Oh, you get sucked into the game there. Yeah. Is Electric Slave the title? Is that about the whole idea of technology yeah, just, and phones like taking yeah, yeah. over? Like, how many people, you know, can still use a road atlas? You know? <laughs> um, how many have one? Yeah, well, I got one in the car, but it's old. I mean, that's the thing. Like, a lot of times you see people at the shows that are watching the show through their phone. It's like, you're there, like, living the that's moment. That's been a problem that's just gotten worse and worse over yeah. the years. It's like, living the moment. You're already there. Like, you just want to show everybody that you were there more than you want to pay attention and be there for the experience. You know what I'm saying? Well, what is it going to take, Black Joe Lewis? What's your take on this? Is there a turning point? Is something going to change or is it just going to keep devolving and devolving until it's just, just going to keep devolving? It's like, just a hundred people state, watching you with, just with look their at, laptops. Look the state just we're in socially, you know, like as a whole in the country, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, uh, I was hoping just going to keep going down response than this. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just going to keep going. This is my first time seeing you, even though I've been a fan for more than a few years. What should I expect out of you tonight and out of the crowd? Like, uh, what is your audience? Your Man, live audience? Like a lot of middle-aged white dudes. Oh, here yeah. I am. <laughs> <laughs> middle-aged older. I'll feel right at home. Yeah, it's cool. I'll take Middle-aged white dudes listening hey, as long as somebody's to coming a black out, guy trying... play blues rock. You don't, yeah. who, you don't who, who find who that curious at all? I'll take it, man. I'm out here. I'm trying to make money, man. I'm trying to make a living, you know? I ain't here to complain. All right. Fair yeah. enough. Well, I'm glad I could be part of the cult tonight. Uh, so what's next? Uh, how long are you on the road? And when you're on the road, is it just all about playing the shows and eating oysters? Or do you jam with the band? Do you songwrite on the road? We, it's always, yeah. We Last tour run we did, we did a lot of, I did a lot of songwriting with the guys. And everything revolves around the show. But I feel like we play up to the crowd a lot of times. Like, so we got a crazy crowd. We'll get crazier. If it's kind of like a chill night, we'll be more chill. But we're trying to like be able to bring it no matter what. I think we've done a good job at this tour. Uh, Is this going to be a crazy night or a chill night, or you just decide once once you I don't like know, play that DC, first note? We'll see what the crowd is like. We used to get real crazy, like be jumping off shit and throwing things. And, and then I broke my foot a while back, like about four or five years ago, and I kind of stopped doing all you that. Got stage right now? Yeah, yeah I just like I don't like jumping off shit no more. <laughs> and then we're older and. Focusing on the songs and executing those properly, you know, it's kind of more important to me now. Maturity. Just like jumping off, you know, just acting a fool. People like that too, you know, but. I like both. I like maturity and I like a guy who does yeah. a good stage dive. Yeah. Have you played here before? No, we played in D.C. a bunch, but I think it's our first time at the Black Hat. Because I've never done a proper tour, but I've been in bands with plenty of guys who've done huge tours with big bands. And they kind of debunk the whole myth about, oh, you're on the road and you get to see the country. Yeah. Do you get to experience this being a perfect example? Yeah, it started when you're younger. 
Well, it's know? too late for me, dude. And uh, in like single, single and younger. Ah, that was when that was when it too. was uh, it was more of a party. You know what I'm saying? And like now it's just kind of like, man, can I go home? Like, all right, so so there's no hope for me. Is what you're saying? No, you know, I mean, <laughs> if you want, it depends on you, man. No, you there's get no in hope, it. or just no, you're it. saying no, there's no no hope. It sucks that the industry is like going down because it's not like we'll never have like those party days like the bands in the 90s did where they're just throwing money at them but on the other hand it's a good thing because the industry kind of sucks and the bands will always be here they've always been making money off of us so to see the artists figure out how to operate without them it's pretty cool you know right now i'm lucky like i'm in a place right now where i'm able to self-release you know because i've set myself up and like saved my money and operated that right enough to where i could do this because like when you're doing it on your own you got to put it out there you got to pay for the promotion and all that stuff they normally do like a lot of bands that haven't built up that overhead or whatever or their parents aren't rich or whatever they can uh you know it's, it's tougher for them to be like oh i don't need f- i don't need a label you know i mean we had the label in the beginning and it worked out pretty well yeah, you've kind of ridden the roller coaster yeah, yeah. of. Uh, yeah, it's make, definitely you know. been up and down. You know, you always want to progress in whatever you do. But if I get, if I can like keep doing this for a living for as long as I can, I'll be happy with that. You know, that's success to me. You know, right on. When you're not on the road and you're not in the studio, like what do you do in your downtime? Do you have downtime? Yeah, I just well, I fish. Honestly, I just like to relax at the house because I'm gone so much that enjoy that man. Put the TV on. He's a simple you know? man with simple pleasures. Yeah. Yeah. Am I gonna hear anything from Scandalous tonight? I think we've been, we've been playing Scandalous. She's so Scandalous. All right. Well, I got my dancing yeah. shoes on. Yeah, man. All right. I'm excited. I'm glad we got this done. Um, Black Joe Lewis yeah. backstage at the Black Cat. I got time for some trail mix or maybe a, there's a chicken and whiskey place. Oh, yeah. Right yeah. Uh, diagonally down that the block. That place smells good. I just walked right in. I feel like I smell it from here. I hear a harmonica in the background. I feel like I'm down south. Black Joe Lewis, thanks so much, man. I appreciate right. it.
I come out of this with my radio DJ voice? Talk out the song? That was nothing but a cliche. Earlier in the podcast, we heard Face of the Scene, both off the Black Joe Lewis album, The Difference Between Me and You. Not grammatically correct, but one hell of an album. Get the goods, find out more, blackjoelewis.com. Follow Joe and his Dallas Cowboys rants on Twitter and Instagram at Lewis. How many times did I say black in this episode? Props to Black Joe for being a cool cat. The folks at the Black Cat for letting me prowl around. George Darrington at Constant Artist for the hookup. And Joe's tour manager, Andrew Cass, for his patience and perseverance in bringing Joe home. And hey, thank you. No, really, thank you. I'm serious. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Come back and see you sometime. Follow, listen, subscribe, leave a review, donate a kidney. It's all at baldfreak.com, on social at baldfreakmusic, and won't you please tell a friend, or tell someone you hate, and be a friend. Tell your independent artist friends and relatives about the podcast, get in touch, send me an evite to your Christmas party, ron at baldfreak.com. I'll wear an ugly Christmas sweater in exchange for some whiskey, no problem. 